first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. So, Scott, I spent the morning in the hospital to find out that I am very healthy. That was what I came away with. Uh, are you sure you shouldn't be watching CNBC if you have health issues? No. So, Kara, tell me, tell me about— I had so a stomach what ache happened? that has not gone away. I, I might have been a bad tuna sandwich, but it still continues to exist. And yeah. so I was worried because I've had it before. And so I went in, and I never go to the hospital. I haven't been there since I had a stroke many years ago. And yeah. uh, and I I took blood tests. They did ultrasounds. They did everything. And they literally were like, nothing's wrong with you. And now I guess they'll go right to ulcer next. But that's those are more involved tests. So and you don't it. think it's you don't think it's stress? You don't no. think it's, it's stress no? from talking to you, perhaps? But no, no, not. Yeah, you need to spend more time with me. No, I, you know I need the algebra of happiness. Is what I need. That's what I go need. on number three on Amazon as of today. Is it one one behind Melinda Gates? Oh. Cure malaria, curing malaria. Blah blah blah. Let me talk about happiness. Wow, you're number three on the full list. No, the, no, I'm sorry. Number 30. I'm number 30 on 30. Amazon. Okay. Good, that's good. What do you think you're going to do on the New York Times bestseller list? You know, it's funny. I, I sent a thing to my publisher. And I was like, okay, how long do we need to be on the Amazon list to get on the New York Times publisher list? Uh, right. best time, best, uh, and the, it's interesting that that list has actually changed a lot. And they're very disciplined about the inputs for who they put on the list. So mm -hmm. now it's a total black box, which it should be because guys wow. like Ray Dalio went out and bought a million books so they could be at number yeah. one. Dahlia. I did a podcast with him. That's what he did. Did you? That's what he did, but, wouldn't it? Yep. Yeah, anyways, I'm number 30, but anyway, I always turn this back to me. So you don't know what it is. They just told you you're, <laughs> I noticed you're that. fine. I didn't comment. Yes, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. Nothing. They yeah. have no information for you. I find med medical care now just, like, ridiculous. Like, they never know what it is. But yes, you do a lot of tests. They had the thing in yeah. my arm. I was on a gurney. They moved me around on a gurney, which was always so incredibly respectful way to feel a like a, an adult, which you don't. Like, you feel like a complete, like, 100-year-old man. Uh, but otherwise, it was fine. Everyone was lovely. The people were very lovely at this hospital. But honestly, I had a similar thing happen. What? Enough of that. Back to me. Okay. I had a similar thing okay. happen. What happened? Five years ago, I closed my at L two. We only did run round of financing, and I closed my round with General Catalyst. Nice people. Was really thrilled. Raised seventeen million bucks. By the way, we ended up spending none of it. But anyways, and right after it closed, like we closed on Thursday or Friday. On Sunday. I'm like, wow, I haven't gone to the bathroom in a while. And then by Wednesday, I realized I was turning into one of those uh, elude Eskimos that never has a bowel movement or has oh, one, my God. once a month. Really, Scott? I know this here. is too much detail, but I yeah. find my my lower intestine is the Champs de Lisée. It's just very interesting to everybody. Anyway, mm -hmm. so I go in and they give me a colonoscopy yeah. and I come out and I'm like, everything's fine. And I don't know it's what always happened. sort of worried, like, why did I just stop functioning? Oh, but it's, um, and you know what? The, you know what the awesome thing is? I had that drug they gave Michael Jackson, and um, I'm like, propofol. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, when are we starting? I'm like, it's over. You're fine. And I, I drove to the Hamptons. It was a, it was as if nothing ever happened. No, I'm like, can I get some of that to drug. go? My, my brother's an anesthesiologist. He, he, he uses a lot of propofol. 
That's just incredible. Yeah, although Michael Jackson should not have been using it like that, as my brother lectured me. At you mean every night to go to sleep? <laughs> yes, at length. My yeah, brother gave me yeah. the, the ins and outs of that. So, anyhow. All right, we got to get on to actual things, uh, besides yeah. us being creepy. Our Lord Testin, come on. Yeah, yeah. That's right, an exciting, exciting topic. But let's move on, because yeah. I'm— I didn't. They offered me morphine. We, you know, they immediately give you the opiates, and I said no. And I right now feel like I should have said yes. Anyway, Chris uses op-ed fallout continues. Uh, I obviously did a podcast with him on Friday yeah. too, and he wrote the op-ed in the New York Times, and he's talked to a bunch of people. Yeah. Fallout from Chris Hughes. What do you think? So I, I want to be um, upfront here. I'm a bit jealous or resentful that Chris Hughes, who seems to me to be more lucky than talented, mm-hmm. uh, my sense is that he. He shared a dorm room with this genius named Mark Zuckerberg, and yeah. I do think the fact that oh, Mark Zuckerberg like that. continues to do tremendous damage to the world is a genius. Mm-hmm. And he made a ton of money. I, I, you know, he, my sense is Chris wasn't even involved that long, but he wrote this op-ed and he basically summarized everything we've all been saying for a while about Facebook. And it's gotten a ton of traction, which is, which is great, but it's really created a lot. It got a lot more attention than I would have guessed. Yeah, why do you and, think it did? Because it summarized everything and he's, it had founder next to it. Yeah, you know what? It's a it's the correct question. I have no idea. I've listened to him. I listen to him on the daily. I think he's a thoughtful guy. I wonder if we're just at that point where the American public or people are just ready to to kind of say, okay, enough already. We need to do something about it. And the article, his his opinion piece was very well written. It was a little bit long, in my view. I don't think most people have an attention span that long, but he kind of summarized everything. Uh, that people have been saying, but I don't know why all of a sudden this, this because a lot of people from Tim Wu, I mean, there's been a Roger McNamee has been saying, I mean, a lot of people have been piling on and yet he, um, this seemed to be for some reason, Chris Hughes says it and everyone, yeah. everyone is, is, where do you think it's going to go? There are rumors that the FTC was going to impose a 20 year monitoring process on Facebook. Would you imagine, do you think it's going to go? And then Biden jumped in and said, Oh, these big tech companies suddenly. Yeah, I, What's interesting is, I don't know if you saw this week, but also the big news was that um, basically the court said, or the Supreme Court said, mm-hmm. that the, yes, the case Apple. can move forward against Apple in terms of their app store. Mm-hmm. And which I found interesting that that's happening before Facebook. But bottom line is Facebook should absolutely FTC or DOJ action going after them to break them up. And if even if it doesn't happen here, it's going to happen uh, in another country. They're going to make it so uncomfortable for them and they can't obviously a foreign a foreign a sovereign nation can't break up a, a U.S. based organization, but it definitely feels as if the worm has turned. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't understand Washington well enough. I a Republican lobbyist re- reached out to me yesterday and said we should talk, and I immediately thought, uh oh, the the dark side is coming for me. So I don't know what's going on, but I do think when every Democratic candidate is talking about it. When you hear from, and I've heard from everyone from Senator Warren's office to Senator Cruz's office, which means this might actually be the first bipartisan action in a while. But I think after a long time, I think winter is coming for Facebook, mm-hmm. and it just couldn't happen to a nicer group of people. But is it, Aria it, it, coming? I knew you'd get it back. Oh, my gosh. No, no, we're not By talking the about way, Kara, No, we promised our Twitter followers. We're you not. brought it up. No. You brought it up. You may not. You may not. You may not go to okay, the I just it. All I'll say is HBO— needs to be more thoughtful about playing with my emotions like this. All right, this. that's enough. Okay, we're moving on. Oh, anyway, so, so, just quick, quick. so where do you By imagine way, going? You see, and I want to get to Apple. Oh, wait, hold on. Just one qu- quick HBO diversion. Did you see the final uh, episode of Veep? No, not yet, so don't tell me about it. 
best written show on television, it and is. it's ended. It's really sad. Yes, yeah, anyways, that's a great show. what do you think is going to happen with Facebook and Chris Hughes, and what are you hearing? Well, I think I think they are sort of overwhelmed. I mean, then of course they had the WhatsApp thing happen this week, which right. was another thing, which is they own WhatsApp, and it, it, there was it was supposed to be the you know the ironclad thing, which Mark was pivoting to privacy, as you know, and WhatsApp right. is sort of the plan essentially, or the yep. idea of making Facebook like WhatsApp, and WhatsApp is. Is, has been violated. So, so it's like, oh, great. The private, the, you know, the private network that was supposed to be like a vault is, is not. You know, it was Green Gods, except after Harry Potter got a hold of Green Gods. You know, that kind of thing. So I have no idea what you're talking don't about. Don't worry about it. Others will. <laughs> young, young people. Will. Young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, people with kids. But yeah. what, what is Facebook's official response? to all of this. Well, they, you know, they had the guy, the British guy they hired for head of PR. What's his name? I can't remember his name. And Nick Clegg. And of course, he like gave this, we need to help American businesses and it's great that we're big and big is great and that's how to deal with this. And of course, they, they immediately found quotes by by him. He was a British politician saying big is bad, like a dozen. Like right. it was like and then people just put them side by side like very short time ago. So, I met Nick. Have you met him? No, not yet. He hasn't introduced so himself. So, he's He's, uh, I met him at Cannes, immediately came over, super charming, super yeah, nice. That's what I heard. Should find a more honorable way to make a living, mm-hmm. but he's uh, clearly a talented guy, and it's just too bad he's gone to the dark side. But yeah, You met him when he was that, a British politician or when he was going to Facebook? No, I met him when he was at Facebook at he Cannes just got there, last yeah. year. When did he get there? Maybe I'm talking about the wrong guy. Anyways, yeah, no, I met a charming Nick, like, British, British guy. guy. He just he just got there just recently. Um, he's, not, he's yet to introduce himself to Kara Swisher, which I find fascinating. Off with his head. Well, I'm, I, it's interesting. I was like, huh, okay. He has yet to introduce himself him. to Kara I did. I, I indicated that I'd like to meet him, but I haven't oh heard from him, Nick. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. Okay. No problem. I, I got a million problems. Facebook columns in uh, my little quiver, so. I bet. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see if the FTC— I'm still waiting for uh, Lena Khan, who's mm-hmm. a total gangster, mm-hmm. to prop up her head now that she's working for Congress and say, okay— should it be the DOJ? Should it be the FTC? What would the lawsuit look like? What would the arguments around anti-competitive mm-hmm. um, violations be here? But I'm sort of ready to see someone, and the only one that's putting me on, put any flesh on the bones here is Elizabeth Warren. But yep. it's time for someone in Congress. By the way, this would be a great way to, I think, get a lot of momentum and a lot of brownie points if you're thinking about running for another election to come out with something a little bit more thoughtful around. Yeah. All right, this is how the breakup starts. These are the logistics. This is, this is you know, how I'm we would break it up. You're not for the breakup. I don't think that's how you do it, but, you know. You're not for it? No. How can you be not for Because it's stupid. That, it's, it's not going to happen. It's, it's like, stupid. Let's work on stuff that's actually going to happen and actually going to make some effect. You don't think it's ever going to happen? No, I do not. Okay, the world isn't what it is. It's what we make of it. Why? Right, if we no. can break up big oil in the railroads and aluminum, how come we can't break up Facebook? Because it's not a monopoly. A monopoly? There hasn't been a single social media network of any substance Doesn't founded matter. since 2011. It's not, it's not, it's just, How is it not a monopoly? Where do you go if you on fa- to it, it, reach in its people business? On social media? It's not. It's actually thirty some percent, and it's actual mm-hmm. the stuff that makes money. It's not. It's it's big, but it's not the biggest. I think Google. I'm bigger. sorry. Two point seven billion people. All right. I'm just uh, telling you. Twenty percent of all. Forty percent. No, lane. This is not a slam dunk like Microsoft. Sorry. Any of them are. None of them are. So let's figure something else out that they'll take. Let's shove something else down their throats. That's my feeling. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Now, Apple, please speak quickly on Apple because I'd also like to get your takeaway about the um, $100 million that Away just got at a $1.4 billion valuation. But first, Apple, the Supreme Court case in which well, the people are allowed to sue them. The shocker there was Kavanaugh. 
yeah. who sided with the liberal justices and said, look, this is uh, your app store. So going back to what you would do with this, I actually think that Apple shouldn't be broken up. I think it should. the app store should probably be like sort of a regulated monopoly because it is a monopoly. But the key to breaking these guys up, in my view, is that you don't you, you want to restore competition, oxygenate the marketplace. You're right. It's not about power. It's about anti when they become anti-competitive or invasive species. And if you were to separate the App Store from the rest of Apple, it might kneecap the company because who gets the brand? And the idea that one person might not or more than one entity might have access to what is their Or you let asset, other people sell apps that work on Apple things, which they don't want to do because they like to control the whole experience. Right. So it's a really difficult they'll, – they'll fight this one tooth and nail. Speaking oh, of, of course. Fighting. But that's, that's regulation. So well, we'll size – so, so size does matter. There are some instances where a natural monopoly makes sense and can, and can do what Facebook is, in my opinion, falsely stating that size creates a level of capital that you can uh, regulate capital to invest in a better service, like a utility, right? There only needs to be one, one power plant or one grid in southern Florida. So Florida Power and Light is a regulated monopoly. But I think the App Store should probably be regulated. I don't think antitrust makes sense with Apple. I think you'd probably kneecap them. But this is a tax. Apple... Uh, you know, Apple is the rails. If you're an app developer, you have to be on app 30%. I don't know if they would regulate the pricing or just, uh, like you said, open it up to anybody who wants to be on yeah, it. But something, do you don't think anything's going to happen? Mm, no, I just think they're not going to do that. They're very particular about um, uh, they're very particular about things that are on their platform. So they're not going to want to open it up to anybody, you know, kind of thing. That's and the whole point. I, and the other thing is, what I think is interesting is that basically – the iOS, app, uh, iPhones are, I don't say they're an inferior phone, but they're kind of on par, maybe not as good as um, Galaxy or other phones out there, supposedly. But it has tremendous self-expressive benefit, and that is you identify yourself when you have an iPhone as being part of the global affluent class. And then if you look at actual purchases, e-commerce and actual purchases of apps that require you pull your credit card out, despite the fact that, I don't know, iOS has 15 or 20% market share it's something like it's flipped. It's something like sixty or eighty percent of the revenue from in-app purchases goes to iOS users, showing that the only people with any disposable income, or that maybe that they've made the experience so far superior, is really happening on Apple. So when Apple comes out with this, the natural defense will be: we're a minority. We have a small market share. How can you come after us? But if you look at market share by revenue, they're incredibly dominant. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. It's true. But anyway, these are very problematic things to go after. And, and again, in that case, Apple's going to really defend that one. That's right at the heart of what they do in terms of controlling things. All right, very quickly, Away raising $100 million at a $1.4 billion valuation. They're obviously a luggage company. I have They were one of our sponsors at one point, and um, I have one of their luggage. They're, they're very nice luggage. Uh, they've opened some stores, obviously, around the place, yeah. but now they're going to go into all kinds of travel needs. What yeah, do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Do you, so you have, well, first off, you own a piece of Away. Do you like it? My son loves it. I find he loves it. it. Why does I, he love it? He loves, loves, loves it. He doesn't like the all the, the goo-gahs with the plugging in the phone. He doesn't give it. He, he doesn't care about that. And it's actually irritating because the, he has to take it off every time he gets on a plane because there are yeah. planes there. But he loves the luggage itself. He really does. I'm not sure why he's so attached to it given there's plenty of others that are like that. But that was their, yeah. the, the, the phone thing was their special feature. Um, but he loves it. He likes the brand. I don't. I'm. I'm, I'm fine with it. It was. You know. It's a good. It's a good suitcase. What do you think? It, I think they've done an incredible job. And the key to building, in my viewpoint, almost as important as the company you're building, and that is management, 
great execution is you got to look at the category you're going into hoping that it's ripe for disruption or that there's a bunch of fat and happy incumbents. So, and we've talked about this, I think Tesla comes undone because I just think the auto industry is actually fairly well, well run and efficient. Uh, Facebook and Google, their success is they went after this, the fattest and happiest $60 billion carcass of broadcast media. And if you think about luggage, luggage, in my view, is one of the least competitive categories in the consumer world. How many great name? Well, there's name been a great bunch. We, we, you know, in the in the tech industry, we have all the trendy ones like uh, Toomey and the others. Um, okay, Toomey's been around forever. And right, they but there's another one. There's another one. There's like years. lots of um, things that you wear on your back, like bicycle messenger things in San Francisco. That's luggage. You can't throw a stone without hitting one of those people. To- yeah, uh, topo, Topo's another one. There's a bunch of okay, trendy ones, come on. mostly backpacks. That's the weakest flex in the world, Topo? Well, I know, but I'm just saying there's a lot of trendy backpack ones, but suitcases, yeah, well, no. Whatever, Brooklyn or whatever they call it. Whatever. Uh, look, the, the bottom line is it's a big category, and there are very few categories, it, it, consumer categories like this, that have such a lack of great brands and yeah. great retail. And so this category was incredibly ripe to be disrupted. The new By the way, yeah, right. Samsonite is basically saying, don't have sex with me. I travel and don't have sex with me. That's what it says when you get I on with I like a Samsonite. a Samsonite bag. I use them. Oh, They're God, good. They're Kara, good I have, I have lots stop. of bags. I have dozens Literally, of Literally, a Samsonite, a Samsonite in, the, in the trunk of your Fiesta literally says, I should be screened from the gene pool. <laughs> you I know should what? Be, I, I should be I, run Once over. again, have a fantastic relationship, et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> I'm sorry. It doesn't stop. I think I'm so <sighs> uncool. I'm cool. Um, there's also the Japanese uh, retailer who also sells Muji? luggage. What's the, that fantastic Japanese retailer that's here? Muji? Yes. Yeah. They sell luggage. Cool that's luggage. That's pretty neat. Their store over in Hudson Yards is pretty cool. But you know what? Actually, one of my favorite items in the world, and I don't – I'm all about now all this research on happiness shows that people underestimate the happiness and things will give them and overestimate All right, the Marie Kondo, yes. What is it? Well, hold on. Kara, love me. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> I'm going to call you. Is, anyway, so I'm trying, to buy le- I'm trying to buy less stuff and spend yeah. more money on experiences. Specifically, that's me alone at a bar drinking until okay. I'm shitty drunk. Those are experiences, that's, too. That is a happy anyways, moment for you, but go ahead. Anyways, how do you know I'm into you? I don't look at my shoes. I look at yours. I'm an introvert oh. at a bar. Okay. Anyways, so uh, one of my favorite, literally my favorite things in the world is I bought a piece of Ramoa luggage. Oh, yeah. That's a good luggage. Oh, my God. I'm so German. I'm so cool. German luggage Me and Gwyneth good. Paltrow. That's how the big dog rolls when he's getting on Mosaic class pre-boarding on JetBlue with my Ramoa. Okay. It's a beautiful piece of luggage. All right. <laughs> it's gorgeous. But Jeez. anyway, away. I'm sorry, away. Yeah, quickly because we have to get to an ad break to pay for I this. I love this company. I ahead. love this company. Female founders backed by Forerunner Ventures. And mm-hmm. I was curious about Forerunner Ventures because I met them at this conference. Yeah, and I went to their website, and She's oh amazing. my God, it's going to start raining frogs. It's all females who are partners um, in the excuse land. Excuse me, we've had sea. her at our events many times. You're not paying attention. We've known about her for a while. Well, at least she was smart enough to introduce her to Kara, introduce herself to Kara Swisher. No, anyways, she's just smart. She's just been in a lot of stuff. They've just oh, been in okay. a lot of stuff. They're I, very I usually sharp. follow in, who's in at Code, but this time I, I didn't. But anyways, this this venture group, in a way, it's like, the, it's like they are breaking through the sea of white guys and pleated khakis and four interventions, I went to their website who backed away, and it's all women except for one guy, and I pray he hopes HR, he runs HR. I think that would be perfect. The one dude runs HR, I hope. Anyways, Away, the really cool store, a fantastic, really interesting product, and DTX are the direct-to-consumer market, and my Yoda on this is uh, Tim Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I called, I texted him this morning, I said, can you give me something smart to say about um, direct-to-consumer companies? Oh, no. And what he said, what you're seeing happen is that 
big investors don't want to buy IPOs because they're so ridiculously overpriced, as mm-hmm. we as evidenced by Lyft and Uber, that they're moving further down the food chain as companies stay private longer and they're going into private companies and there's like there's a, a just a wash of capital mm-hmm. or just two swaths of capital in a way at a 1.2 was it 1.2 billion 1.4 oh my gosh i know i mean that's oh, so wow. that's amazing it's hard to imagine how they like grow into that valuation feels like not a good idea to me but okay for for the investors yeah yeah I but like their stores great to be well that, that's a that's a fair point so according to tim the dtx space has probably declined in value across all valuations, 20 or 30%, mm-hmm. just in the last three to six months as people realize that a really cool toothbrush probably isn't worth a billion dollars. There's Quip. Mm-hmm. The company that just raised it a two-plus billion-dollar valuation is Warby Parker, mm-hmm. which, again, the key component there, in addition to great execution, fat and happy incumbent, right? Also, um, I love their glasses. I get them all the time there. They're they do cheap. a great job. They do a great job. They do a great job, but remember, we used to buy glasses seven hundred dollars from Lavalock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who owns Ray-Ban? I don't know how they do it. I don't care. I'm taking their their investment. They do a fantastic. In. They do a fantastic they job. Do. All right, all right. When we get back, we're going to hear your wins and fails, and also your predictions, Scott. Thanks very much. Scott. Kara. Wins and fails. What's going? You go on? first. Fail is my stomach ache that I've had for 24 hours now. No, uh, fail. Um, the, the, the abortion laws across the South, these uh, and Alabama lawmakers in particular, uh, to vote to effectively ban abortion in the state. One of the statistics I saw was that uh, they left out uh, cases. They're so bad, they left out cases. They shouldn't have done this at all, but uh, of, of rape and incest. And the, the doctors who will, if the doctors do it, they get like 99 years in prison, which is more than the people who committed rape and incest get. It's just insane. Yeah. It's insanity what's going on down there. And they're trying to get, obviously, the case in front of the Supreme Court. But what a horrible, what a horrible way to do such a thing. So. It's as if a lot of it, uh, stuff that we just men, sort of took for way. granted as conventional wisdom mm-hmm. or like, it's as if what we thought or what we thought were known knowns, mm-hmm. you know, don't call the FBI scum. Uh, don't insult a judge based on his ethnicity. And now a woman's right uh, to family planning I, you know, it, we incorrectly, or at least I did, thought that, you know, five, ten years ago that that was kind of we checked that box. And to see states in the South doing this, yep. it's it's really rattling. Yeah, and it's rattling. Kudos, kudos to Governor Pritzker in uh, Illinois who has said that we are going to fill the void here. And mm-hmm. granted, a lot of people who don't have, you know, people who are low income don't have the opportunity to travel. Right to Illinois, but he's come out and he said, we're going to try and step into the void here. So kudos to him and his leadership. But the fact that states, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't even about resources. It's about a mentality. Right, right. When yep. the people elected by the populace are saying, no, we're taking women back to old Spain. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, you know, there's just no getting around it. It's no. really discouraging. Yep. I agree. I agree. It's really, you know, you're going to see a lot more of this going on. Lots of things legislated, not just tech stuff, but these kind of very serious issues. It was settled law, yeah, which which Kavanaugh said it was, but now it's questionable once it reaches the Supreme Court what's going to happen um, with them. Anyway, what is your fail this week or win? Uh, so my fail is um, there was an article in Business Insider, and I don't want to say his name because I don't, I don't want to personalize this, but a senior-level executive did one of these I hate these articles, about his hiring strategy. And that is, he said, what's the one question? He says, this is the one question I ask every employee at Lyft. 
And he said that the question is, he asked them, who is their mentor? And if they don't have a good answer for oh, that, he doesn't yeah. hire them. Yeah. And, you know, it's just such incredible bullshit mm -hmm. because most of the research shows, and I'm, you know, I've hired and fired, uh, you know, hundreds or probably more than a thousand people at this point. And the reality is, in terms of interviewing, is so 30% or 20, 30% of the people you interview, you know, okay, uh, this isn't going to be a fit. 10% are just so outstanding and, you know, think with such a clear blue flame, you know, mm -hmm. this person would be great. But the majority of interviews are worthless. Okay. And that is, if I were to take all the people who have really driven value at my firms and then look at their, how they did in their interviews, there isn't a very strong correlation. And, and Google spent a ton of time looking at data around who to hire, et cetera. And they found over time that, nope, we can't figure it out either. It's really about references, yeah. background, personal references. But all these, these early 30-something or these tech companies like to like to, to pretend that they're just not lucky, but they're, su they're success because of their insight into management. And they do these stupid articles on the one question I would ask. So my, my uh, suggestion to this person at Lyft yeah. is I would like him to go, first off, I've been asking Lyft drivers, did you get interviewed by this person? Mm -hmm. He says he's interviewed almost everybody and there's 1.4 yeah. million drivers. <laughs> so far, I haven't it's heard from any meant. of them that he was interviewed by them. And I have, a, I have better questions for him to ask the 1.4 million people who he has basically gotten rich off the sweat of their backs. I think some of the questions he should be thinking about in terms of the drivers are, one, when you're working 11 hours a day in New York City, where will you urinate? Yeah. What's your plan for actually taking a break and going to the bathroom? Two, how do you feel about making the equivalent of $22,000 a year when a guy at headquarters is making approximately a thousand times, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? Those are the two interview questions I would like to see this guy ask, quote unquote, everybody interviews, which is amazing because there's about 1.4 million people. Oh, wait, maybe it doesn't mean those people. But these articles that claim that people have insight into the one question that this person asked that built a great culture. So my my lose here or my fail is uh, Lyft and pretending they have some insight into the questions to ask their employees, not recognizing it's not the 4,000 people at HQ, it's the 1.4 million people out there that they're throwing a dime at their head for each ride in appreciation right. of their IPO. Wow, Scott, man. Who is your mentor, Scott? <sighs> My mentor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have several. Because I'm um, thinking about hiring you. Yeah, Pat, Pat, Con Pat Connolly, the C former CMO of Williams-Sonoma, super generous. Todd mm -hmm. Benson. Oh, um, see. A wonderful guy. Yeah, I don't think it my, means anything, but it's very lovely to hear you say. Yeah, I have a lot of, I'm blessed with mentors. The thing about mentors is you don't realize at the time that, that they're your mentor. Right, that's true. That's and true. And then you wake up five years later and think, you know, this person took a, a vested interest in me and, and said a lot of things that were, um, that were correct. And David Ocker, uh, my professor at, at Second Year Business School. Anyways, uh, you're probably not asking for that much detail. Mm -hmm. Who are your mentors, Kara? Walt Mossberg. Really? That's it. That's nice. Mm -hmm. And And around... Professional and personal, or just professional? Yeah. yeah, he walked me down the aisle at my wedding, even though the wedding, the marriage didn't work out, but it was a long marriage. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, what well, a wonderful Mossberg. thing to say about Walt. Mossberg is the best. He also That's gave nice. my mother the what for when she was being a pain after I got pregnant. He did a lot. He's done amazing things. That's nice. He has always been the mensch. He's a mensch. That would be it. Otherwise, nobody else. Him. Maybe my grandmother. Anyway, uh, my fail was uh, continues to be Alabama, and the win I had was uh, Elizabeth Warren turning down Fox Town Hall uh, invite, denouncing network as a hate-for-profit racket that gives a megaphone to racists and conspiracists. 
I like that. I think that says it all. I don't have to go along. That yeah, I get Warren it. really does come through with some great stuff. I get it, but I don't know. I like what Bill Maher said. If you claim to be part of the resistance, you go behind enemy lines. Ugh, please. They were going behind enemy lines in order to like, we would just want to, come on. I love it. Whatever. Fox is, is the most the viewed Elizabeth network Warren in America. If you excellent. can't hold... If you can't hold your, I go on Fox once a week, so I'm talking about. Oh, but if you can't hold, if you can't hold your own on Fox, you can't hold, hold your, your own. own. They're not good interviewers, please. Uh, that's not true. Neil Cavuto, Stu Varney, okay. both good interviewers. Okay. 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 If you can't hold your own on Fox, you can't hold that's your own Fox in America. Business. That's different. Sean Hannity, uh, would you go on Sean Hannity? All right, then get out of the kitchen. I'm not I, you getting know, out of the kitchen. Hannity's not. Is Hannity moderating those town halls? They're no, not, I don't he's know. He's not going to moderate. They're going to bring on someone sane Brett like Shep. Okay, or, I guess. I only know about this all because my mother watches it. I don't know. Uh, Elizabeth, you want into this, or Senator Warren, you want into the kitchen, get used to it. All go right. go mm-hmm. on Fox. Okay, you're hard on Elizabeth. I think Elizabeth, at least she's causing some stuff. She's saying something. She's saying some that. stuff. That's she's actually like saying she's something. She's got proposals. She's got policies. Yeah. I like that. I got a plan. She's got plans, and they, she's actually got them. Anyway. Oh, by the way, yeah. I, I don't know if this is another lose, but did you see Beto O'Rourke on the oh, view? Oh, Beto, your boyfriend. As I was senator, can senator I just say O'Rourke. for the predictions, I get to oh, get that one. I get that O'Rourke. one. I was. You I, thought he was going to call well, It's not over one. yet. Go ahead. But you know what is? You know what is a definite negative forward-looking indicator? Is he looked like he belonged on the view? <laughs> I don't think anyone who's. I don't think anyone who can be president should look comfortable on The View. He literally looked like, oh, they got a guy on The View now. He just kind of fit in. Whereas they have Biden on, it's like, okay, clearly this guy is not supposed to be there. Yeah. So he just looked a little too comfortable. You love that man. On The View. But he had, oh, my God, open-collar shirt. Dreamy. You love that. McDreamy. As I predicted, he was a whole lot of nothing. He's been a whole lot of nothing. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. Yes, we do. Hold on. Keep holding. Oh, it's early. Dream until your dreams come true, Scott. It's not it's coming early. true. Your Beto dream ain't coming true. Uh, what about, okay, so win away is a big win. Right. Away. Oh, you know what? Let's revisit our predictions. What? Okay. Okay, so one of I our predictions right on we Beto, got but go ahead. one yeah. right and one wrong, and that is I said last week that Uber, the IPO would be meh mm-hmm. and then hold. I was wrong. It was meh, meh. slash disaster. It was. So— you know, I would argue that it probably hit a new time, all-time low today, which will be an all-time high looking back. This oh, company— Okay, you're going to take this, it down. Well, it's not that it's not a great company, if you will, or, or that it's a, it has incredible potential. It's just that the valuation mm-hmm. is well beyond anything this company can execute against. It's just not—I don't see how this company grows into that valuation. And if you're watching CNBC, it's literally just been— a stream of excuses. They're like, oh, it's China. It's the bad, it's the bad, they went public into a bad tape. No, they didn't. This company's overvalued. And so if this company executes perfectly, it might be worth 20, maybe $25 billion, which by the way, is about 60% less than it's trading uh, today. And Lyft, I mean, there is no hope for Lyft. Lyft doesn't have the flywheel effect, doesn't have anything. But the Uber IPO was one of our predictions, I got that wrong, but one of our predictions is turning out to be right, and that is we said if you look at 19 across the entire unicorn class going public, I said that they post their opening trade will lose money, that these mm-hmm. companies will be worth less than the opening trade of their IPOs where CNBC, retail investors, and these companies have all entered into consensual hallucination about mm-hmm. what these companies are worth. And I think that's panning out. I think Uber's losses on its own have wiped out all of the market cap gains of some of the other guys, including Zoom or even Beyond Meat, which yeah. went 
which went crazy. So, so far, I think the unicorn class is failing in the public markets. Mm. So Slack might be coming, Airbnb maybe, not for a while. Yeah, both those companies are gangsters. They're both going to do well. No, because the private the private markets were the gift that kept on giving. The the public markets are actually more rational, which is unusual. It's usually the private markets that are um, uh, um, uh, a little bit um, more rational. And what you see in the private markets is again to Tim's comments. All this capital has had to move downstream, and you can get liquidity through secondary offerings. You can get raise a ton of capital. And you can maintain sort of this, sort of what I'll call this halcyon effect because you don't have to mark your book and you don't have to provide the type of transparency that the public markets demand. So once people actually go, oh, okay, this is a company that lost $3 billion, uh, how does this ever get to a point where it's spending the kind of free cash flow it needs to justify the current valuation? And the public markets have said nine, and they can only fo- foist so many shares when they raise $8 billion on retail investors. Uh, so I think you're going to see, I mean, the ride-hailing business is probably going to be one of the greatest value destructions from retail uh, shareholders that we've seen mm. in a long time. You're talking about a loss probably, in my view, over the next 6 to 12 months between uh, Lyft and Uber, a loss of tw- – a destruction of 20 to $30 billion in shareholder value. And, I mean, that is real pain for people out yeah, there. Yeah, it is. It is. And so you're not going to see that come back. You're not gonna see, you don't see any promising ones in that group. I think I think Uber could execute perfectly and be worth half what it is right now. Yeah. All right. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. That's a lot of money loss. All that all that investor money, including all that Saudi money. Well, do you realize that— Couldn't it happen uh, to a nicer group of people? Here's an interesting stat. Since 2000—as of today, no yeah. investor who's invested okay. in the last four years in Uber yeah. has not lost money. Mm-hmm. So basically— invest? The private markets, this whole, so far, this whole uh, IPO, rush of IPOs has said, stay private longer. Stay private longer. Really? Or forever? Well, it's, or it's go, interesting. Or go public sooner. You know, no. Stay, uh, well, that's an interesting point. But then if you're public sooner, you can't spend the kind of money you need. I don't know. I think this all, this all goes one direction. And that is, you know who's going out of business is the NASDAQ and the NYSE. Yep. We have 50% fewer stocks than we had 20, 30 years ago. And then Mark Andreessen's put together a new long-term stock exchange in Silicon Valley. Direct listings. and the private markets, you can get almost everything you need from the public markets Mm. now. Plus, you Mm. don't have to— there's a prediction, Scott. That the NASDAQ and the NYC are going out of business? No. Now, my prediction is—you're going to like this prediction more. Okay. I have another prediction, Carol. All right, quickly. And this is unfortunate, but in the next 90 days, Mm -hmm. I think people are starting nibbling around the edges. And I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to talk about politics, but I can't help it. I think people are starting, unfortunately, geopolitically, to test uh, this administration. Uh, we have rockets going off in, nor- in yep, North Korea. That is a pure test. I think the Chinese who think in 20- and 30-year increments have seen a guy who's trying to wage a unilateral tariff war instead of partnering with our allies who's he's alienated. And by the way, I think he's right on, on trade with China. I think essentially at universities, we spend a lot of time creating incredible human capital, that takes advantage of an incredible financial market to create innovation that the Chinese then steal and sell back to us for, for you know, 30 cents on the dollar. So I think that conversation was overdue, but as, as one would suspect, the conversation has been handled really in a very clumsy way without the benefit of our allies uh, who could speak with a much bigger stick. But m- bottom line is, I think we're unfortunately in the next 90 days 
going to see what I'll call more uh, a, a significant test who senses weakness amongst an individual who is consistently every day with his bluster, his insecurity, and his lack of empathy uh, demonstrates weakness every day. Hmm. Maybe we should send him your book. <laughs> that hurts. Come on. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go to the come White on. House and deliver it ourselves. That's you think? Yeah, come down to D.C. Do that. I like that. Together. Like that. We will say we think— <laughs> The Number thirty, 30th best-selling book on Amazon. I'm very excited. I'm gonna everybody go out and buy the Algebra of Happiness by Thank Scott you, Kara. Galloway. All right, we got to go. That's it for this week. Have okay. a good week. What do you? What do you have week? on tap on this week? What do you have on tap? I'm coming to New York. You're not going to be there to do an event uh, at what's uh, the event uh, at. Uh, at a WeWork, actually. Um, and then oh, uh, I have to most, take my most... son to some colleges up there, including the Culinary Institute of America. It's his birthday today. He's 17. I'm very excited. Wow. Um, and yeah. he's he likes cooking. He's a and chef. He's a great cook. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's nice. to a very good restaurant tonight because that's what he wanted. And then uh, we'll go to a different – I forget. We're going to go to somewhere we're going in New York. I forget. He picks – he decides all the food places we go when we travel. But it's always a weird place. He always finds a weird little joint and sandwich shop that is famous and he read, read about and stuff. So – like so, that. by the way, your opening line at WeWork mm-hmm. should be, and this is true oh, now that no. Uber is public, mm-hmm. it's great to be in the bowels of the most overvalued private company in the world. Okay. I'll do that. That's what I'll do. Do that. I'll Kick do it that. off. That'll Boom. Be... I'm Kara anyway, Swisher. I have a lot going on, but I'll be here in D.C. next week, and I yeah. hope that you will come down soon. And, of course, I'll see you at the Code Conference. Um, anyway, Nishat Kerwat is the show's executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Make sure you subscribe to Pivot on Apple Podcast. If you like this week's episode, leave us a review. It really helps more people find out about the show. 